Welcome back, everyone, to The Great Scott Podcast. On this episode, Mike talks with filmmaker Aaron Fisher about how he overcame his mental illness to write, direct, and star in the new movie, Inside the Rain. Well, Aaron, first off, I just want to say congratulations on the success that you're having of your most recent film. Thank you. Are you surprised by the uh, the amount of success and the... Um the the accolades that that's really getting you know when i finished the movie i and you know when i was editing it and like you know i honestly had no idea what people were going to think of the movie i really didn't know um i definitely didn't know that it was going to become what i'm calling an issue film because really people look at the the bipolar angle and they would and that really you know got people excited to see the movie and excited to enjoy the movie and I had, I had no idea the movie was going to move people to tears. I mean, I knew there were sad moments and funny moments, like the way I, you know, intended it to be. Um, but, you know, like at the Twin Cities Film Festival in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, you know, I get out of the theater and this, this girl comes up to me. And she says, thank you so much for making a story. It means so much to me. And she starts sobbing and she's like, I, she's like, this is so important for me and blah, blah, blah. I forget exactly what she said, but she was like, really just like so moved and like felt, looked like she was like, you know, a 10 ton rock was taken off her rock, but she felt off her back. I mean, she, she looked liberated. I mean, I was, I was just shocked. Like I didn't, I didn't know people were going to react so intensely to it. Um, but I mean, I'm happy that it, that it did. Uh, yeah, that makes all, that that makes it all all much more worth uh, having done this film, right? Getting the, those kind yeah. of responses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was honestly, it wasn't. I wasn't trying. I was not at all trying to, um, you know, depict bipolar in an accurate way in order to get rid of stigma against it. I, that was not my um that that's not what i was trying to do yeah it just it happened by accident though. yeah so i mean if you know if that you know if that if that helps the you know people if it helps anyone then i'm I'm glad about that would you uh so would you say well let me let me back up uh back up here uh you had a, another film that you had done before and uh, you kind of tackle subjects that i think most people are afraid to tackle like i think in the last one you managed to talk about suicide, I think, in a uh, college uh, of, of a college student. And um, would you say that uh, this one, the current one that you just did, um, is your most uh, that you, the one that you're most proud of? Would you say? Yes, I think that my feature film uh, is my best work yet. Um, um, yeah, I definitely think it's my best work yet. And I'm um, hoping to keep improving. You know, I'm I'm every day trying to work on becoming a better writer, better director, better actor. Um, literally, I mean, I'm I'm doing everything I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you currently working on your next project? It's too it's too early to say, but you know, I've been telling people that I ordered 60 sci-fi novels from Amazon one night. <laughs> like a- for a month and a half before the pandemic. Um, so, you know, so I've just been going through those books and, uh, 
I, I don't have a I don't have a premise for a story yet or anything like that. I, I may have found uh, a certain subject that intrigues me. Um, whether it would be a sci-fi story or romantic comedy or or drama, like I, you know, I'm uh, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Now, when you wrote this film, it, I mean, for the Inside the Rain, it took you about three years to to write, right? Yeah, I mean, all in all, it was like sort of like three and a half, four years, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you think that uh, that maybe it, that 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 could have been condensed down, or do you feel like that it? Uh, that it needed that 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 amount of time in order to make this film what it was. Um, I, I think the answer to that question is uh, is just sort of necessity because when I started writing the feature scripts, I had never written a feature script before. Oh, and I read you know screenwriting books uh, about how to write feature scripts. You know, it's always it's always different doing it than reading about it. Um, so. I think, um, you know, I think something to, you know, I think to write a good story, it takes a lot of effort and time. So I think that's part of it, you know, and also you have to write in stages where you write so you get to a point where you're not sure what else to do to improve it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Not, not look at it for a couple of weeks or something or get feedback or whatever. Um, when you come back to it and you realize, oh, this thing sucks, this thing sucks, this thing sucks, you start deleting all the stuff and, you, and then you try it and that keeps happening. Um, but I think, um, you know, I think any, you know, you know, anything, you know, you know, hard work pays off. And I didn't know how to write it. So it, it was necessary to write for three and a half or four years because I, I was also teaching myself how to write a script. So, yeah, absolutely. you know, so that, that might've added, you know, another year or two to the process. So there's also a lot of um, e emotion in, involved when, when you wrote this play. Um, I know that you, uh, you kind of went, went to a, a mental hospital, was it, or a psych ward? And um, yeah. yeah, so without like getting into like, uh, well, not not too deep, but I mean, um, how is it that ask you... So, so what's that? I know, I said ask me anything. Okay. So would you say that that, that if that helped you um, maybe along in, in, in the process of uh, writing the script or um, uh, how... Yeah. I kind of joke around about it. Because, you know, I went in, you know, after the first three or four months of writing the script, I got really down on myself. Because, you know, what I was writing was bad. But, you know, of course, the first draft, the first draft of anything or kind of sucks no matter what. But still, you know, it was bad. I felt very discouraged. I had no idea what yeah. the story was. Um, I got so depressed that I stopped talking and moving, basically. Mm. But then, you know, I was persuaded to voluntarily check myself into a psych ward. Where I was receiving ECT treatment, which is uh, electroconvulsive therapy, it's kind of where they shock your brain into being less stressed, and, they, and you have to do it like 12 to 20 times or something for it to be therapeutic, and 
Mm-hmm. You need you, you can only do it. You have to be an inpatient in the cycle ward. You can only do it three times a week. So you're so you're in the cycle ward for a long time. Um, it's not fun. Um, and uh, you know they do this procedure. When I got out of the the psych ward, um, the very basic hint of a premise came to me of this school hearing. And so I kind of joke around with people that like the, the ECT machine inspired me. Like it, like they literally, <laughs> like, they you know jolted it with, with electricity and gave me a controlled seizure like the way they do. And it, I think it, you know, it might have given me the idea. Yeah. So do you have to do regular check uh, checkups to a to a doctor? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I see the psychiatrist and the psychotherapist. Yeah. So, um, so how, so I, so I want to ask you about the, the bipolar. Um, how is it that you deal with your, your bipolar now, uh, these days? Do you have like your tricks that you, that you do in order to, to calm your mind down? Um, um, good question. Um, the main things are like, well, there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, you'd have to talk to my psychotherapist too because he understands it more. He's a doctor, you know, not sure. a doctor, but, but you know, like things I've learned, basic things I've learned, you know, is uh, early to bed, early to rise, eat three square meals a day. In the morning, you sit, shower, shave, and uh, you, just, you just follow these routines. As soon as you get out of the routine is when you're susceptible to becoming really depressed. And, um, you know, like, if you stay in your routine, it really helps a lot. Um, and it can be very difficult when you're depressed to stick to a routine. Like, just taking a shower uh, when you're depressed seems like the hardest thing right. in the world. Why am I even showering? I'm not going to even meet anyone anyway because I'm too depressed to meet anyone. And, you know, this is like that stuff. So there's that general upkeep with the routine. There are also some red flags that you can, um, that you learn and you figure out. Like, one of them being like, you know, one of my psychotherapists told me a red flag for if, if I'm manic. And I don't, you know, cause you could become manic one day and you know you're manic. You could also become manic gradually over a period of months. So when it, when it happens gradually over a period of months and you don't realize you're manic, um, well, you don't realize you're manic. And, but, but you can look out for some red signs, uh, some red flags. Like if you're with people who you know and respect and like, you know, friends, like people you respect and like, if for, if for some reason all of them are getting really mad at you for some reason and you can't possibly understand why, that's, you know, that's one of the red flags that you're manic. It's yeah. like, you can't stand why they're pissed off you. Like, uh, you know, oh, I was just dancing on the bar table. I mean, like, what's the big deal? You know, like, everyone's like, you know, uh, yeah. It's just, you just, you know, and there's stuff like that. And also, and of course, like, the, 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 the main symptom with bipolar and getting manic and stuff is if you don't need to sleep, if you only need to sleep an hour or two or something and you wake up and you feel like you could run the marathon, you're manic. So, <laughs> Um, so, I mean, have you ran a marathon after waking up? That the first time, my first manic episode when I was 19, um, I was very depressed 
one night. And then I, you know, went to bed, woke up a couple, uh, couple hours later, feeling like I could run the marathon. Mm. Um, and euphoria, like euphoria on a level that like I feel like people don't actually experience if they're not bipolar. I mean, it's like a, a level of euphoria where it's like, you know, it's delusional and, and it's it, it, it's insane, but it but it's very euphoric. Um, so if you don't, if you only need now need uh, one to two hours of sleep a night, and you're still functioning completely, and you're running around doing everything, then you know that's that's mania because eventually you crash. Eventually you crash and you fall into a deep depression. So that's why the manic episodes are never really worth it. So would so would you say it's um, because of this that you were able to? relate to people on a more uh, personal and deeper level, or do you still find that you still have trouble relating to people on, on, on the conventional level? Um, relating with who? Uh, just people people in general. Um, you mean in terms of being bipolar? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just... I think I'm... I think that, you know, I mean, I think a lot of it just has to do with who I am. Like, you know, I'm bipolar and I have that personality and stuff, but, um, but, but I'm also Aaron Fisher and Aaron Fisher deals with people the way Aaron Fisher deals with And he has, you know, the insecurities that Aaron Fisher has, you know, like, I'm not sure it has so much to do with bipolar or more just me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that, but I'm good sure, at this. Sure. Well, uh, I do thank you for coming out with a film like the, like Inside the Rain that deals with something like this because I am a, a autistic man myself. Um, I do have uh, borderline Asperger's myself, and um, right. and, and it's good to see that someone is putting stuff out that uh, um, that deals with these kind of kind of things and making people more aware of it. Right. You know. I'm a, uh... Some people sometimes, some people, not many, but some people sometimes uh, assume that I'm on the autism spectrum, um, but but I'm I'm not. Um, like you know, I've seen millions of doctors. Not a single doctor said that I was on the autism spectrum. Spectrum. I don't, and they don't identify as that. I just have certain peculiar traits, like where I'm very sensitive to noises and stuff and things like that. But but where I have these traits, but I'm, I'm not actually on the, on the spectrum, but, but I could uh, understand how there's a parallel there with, you know, explaining, you know, showing the bipolar in an accurate way, you know, it, it is similar to something like that. I guess with, you know, someone showing, you know, showing what, what it's like to be on the autism spectrum. Right, right. And it seems like that all this has just come up at once, the awareness of it within like the last three to five years as well. Um, of, of bipolar? Of uh, like, or, just, uh, well, I mean, of like, yeah, so I mean like of um, autism and um, uh, just uh, basically the, the mental illness uh, in, in general. Right, yeah, I've I've read that a lot of people on the autism spectrum also have like sometimes they have like a lot of the time they also have something else like bipolar or OCD and stuff. Um, if, uh, if, if that's uh, I mean if that's true, I, mean, I just assume it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, that I think movies can be empathy machines. And, uh, you know, people, there's, I mean, there's no, there's endless possibilities of, of different kinds of people you can portray in a film and you get people to empathize with them. I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's an infinite amount of people whose stories are unheard and you could tell them and, you know, and movies are really good at being empathy machines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you hope to uh, make another film like the, the last two? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's, it's uh, the, the thing I want to work on next. I'm uh, probably not, but, but you don't know. I, I never know. Um, yeah, it's true. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm most, I'm most proud of, of, uh, inside the rain. Um, you know, that's, that's my favorite work of mine. And, and where can people see inside the rain if they want to catch it? Oh, it's everywhere. It's, um, if you go to the inside, inside the rain movie.com and go to where to watch, it lists something like 10 different links. Uh, where you can watch it free with ads or, you know, watch it paid, rent it or buy or or watch it uh, on Amazon Prime. If you have a Prime account, you can see it for free. And it's basically everywhere. So if, yeah. you, um, if you go on the InsideTheRainMovie.com website, it'll show you everywhere it's going. And it's also coming to a few more places in mid-July. So... Stay tuned for that. We're not allowed to say uh, which platforms those are. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for coming on on the show. And um, once again, I thank you for making making a film like this. And uh, we cannot wait for the next film that you come out with. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you heard today, like our Great Scott Podcast Facebook page. That's where you can find information on Mike's upcoming entertainment podcasts.